Spread a console, the golden disc Maximals came after them And they crashed both their ships Landed on the earth with two moons They fought in the beast wars I mean, what else were they gonna do? War and beast War and beast We talk about things like Energon and protophones and sparks War and beast War and beast How the Maximals have no end game And Megatron's not smart War and beast War and beast War and beast Welcome to the War and Beast podcast The podcast that is no longer allowed on the targeting grid After what happened last time I'm <laughs> I'm John. <laughs> I'm Jordan. And I'm Kendall. And this week we are reviewing episode 20, Dark Voyage. Uh, pretty good episode. Uh, hopefully better. Hopefully, Kendall, you liked it better than last week. Yeah, I actually really, I actually really liked this episode. My wife actually paid attention during it. That's how <laughs> good it was. There nice. You go. Yeah, I really liked it too. I'm really excited for it. And I got to say, guys, I'm... I don't know if listeners don't uh, won't be feeling this, but we had a week off, and it, it felt weird. And I'm glad, I'm, I'm yeah. happy to be podcasting <laughs> with you guys again. Aww, it Pug. felt, it felt Pug. like a, 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 a listless vacation for me for some odd reason. Aww. It was yeah. weird. <laughs> I saw Rogue One with my wife, so I finally got to see Rogue One too. It was a good movie. It yeah, was I liked good. it. <laughs> We won't spoil it for listeners, though, in case they yeah. haven't seen it. Yeah. And nor will we make the joke about, oh, the rebels get the plans, because that makes me annoyed. <laughs> we won't mention the joke, though. Yeah. <laughs> we mention the joke, we will just not make the joke. <laughs> I will say that I have yelled at more people about Bothans people, when people bring up, like, why weren't there any Bothans? And I was like, it's wrong yeah, exactly. Wrong movie. Wrong That's movie. When you well, I brought that up to ask what that is about because I'm like, is that a thing that had to happen? Like, I, and then I kind of, it's like how I forgot that I, was said in one of the movies. I believe yeah. Bothans was for uh, Return of the Jedi. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was for the second Death Star. Yes, yeah. it was for the second Death Star. And people who should know things about Star Wars <laughs> have. <laughs> brought that up and been like, why weren't there Bothans? And there are people that I have respect that have read X-Wing novels. And okay. Listen. And no longer have any respect is what you're yeah. trying to say. Well, yeah. Yeah. They've gone, <laughs> gone down a peg. Anyway. Enough about Star Wars. Even though we all loved Rogue One, we, we, we are not talking about Star Wars. This is, this is a Beast Wars podcast. God and knows. It's, already... it's not yeah. War in Stars. <laughs> Anyways, um, Kendall, did you have uh, anything on IMDb this week? Uh, let's find out because I didn't <laughs> click on it yet. We've only been on the call for like an hour and a half at this point, so um, I'm just not uh, not not quite up to speed. I'm sure because this is a thing. Um, something about tossing a snake. Let's see. Oh, oh, good. They mentioned it too because I I, re- I read it on the. T- 
like both when I watched the episode, I'm like, huh, I wonder if that's going to be mentioned on a TF wiki. And it was. And I'm like, yes. So after Rhinox tosses the snake, which sounds dirty, one can, <laughs> listening carefully, hear a thump and an elephant bellowing. Yes. Um, oh, Poor that's interesting. This is actually an interesting thing. So the Energon explosion was actually a real pyrotechnic explosion superimposed over a CGI background. Yep. It was so, you know. I'm glad they used I'm glad they used uh, practical effects. I think that <laughs> I really think that I really think that adding too much CG has really hurt Beast Wars. <laughs> um in Japan the episode is called Jungle Guru Guru or Around and Around the Jungle. Which is Jungle what Guru the Maximal on? Squad spends part of the episode doing. <laughs> uh, because of the lack of several characters in the episode, most notably Inferno, Black Arachne, and Airazor, many fans have speculated that the episode was originally slated for an earlier air date. And they also mentioned in Inferno like 700 times. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, yeah. That's USB. that actually. Yeah, that's true because they they mentioned the Inferno and you guys said that they stopped saying that once Inferno shows. Yeah, up, they. So. Yeah, once Inferno so they, well, they they basically phase it out. Like I, mm-hmm. and I think that's why they mentioned that it's phased out because there are still a few instances when they do use it as a curse. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, I think Air Razor was actually mentioned by name in there. So like. Oh wait, yes, she was. So like as as you said, like fans kind of. Place it earlier, so they think it's somewhere between the end of the spark or beginning of Spire's game, like somewhere. True, and but they also could have just up. thrown that. They could have just thrown that air razor line in. Yeah, like in post that's true. Yeah. yeah, that's true too. Yeah, actually, the fact that they threw it in, that actually really suggests that it was supposed to be um, earlier because there was no reason for it to be there. And actually, now that I think about it, yeah, because. They make mention of it, and then she's never referred to the again for the rest of the episode. Yeah, and and the TF Wiki mentions how like uh, apparently like they just rem- like Rhinox makes a thing about well, now we know what our beast modes can do, and when they when that was just last episode. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> and didn't you learn last episode? Yeah, and, I think like, I, I, think I mentioned that it was like we never really knew what we were capable of in beast mode. Apart from when we found out last episode, yeah. I guess. But Cheetor has a really bad memory, so we needed to, le- so he needed to learn it again. <laughs> I, I mentioned that I watched this with a friend um, before we started recording, and I and I mentioned that to him. I was like, they they were learning that exact same lesson last episode, so I don't really know what that's yeah. all about. So yeah, it would make sense if this was sort of out of order, and they just tried to fill some stuff in. I guess. Yeah. 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 But this was better than last week's episode. They should have just uh, had it instead of last week's. Episode. That's why they. That's why <laughs> they said the thing because they wanted you to forget that last week's episode existed because it wasn't good. Yeah, I was going to say, but then they would have prolonged your disappointment, Kendall, because then they would have had to show last week's episode this week. No, it just didn't happen. <laughs> no, I don't Seriously. know. I, it wasn't that bad of an episode last week. It just wasn't. It just didn't. You know. Didn't work mm. for me. I loved it. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember why I didn't like it. But um, listen to listeners. You can listen to last week's episode and find out. Available <laughs> yes. at audioentropyon.com uh, and your iTunes feeds everywhere. Mm-hmm. So Ask your doctor if like Warren it. Beast is right for you. <laughs> <laughs>
quick, a quick summary is that um, there was too many Optimus dreams and um, not enough Rat Trap dreams. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. That is that. Also, is it. lack of Megatron tail. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's all. I get so bad. There's no um. Megatron trail in this episode either. Yeah. Well, I've I Bob, didn't I say like, didn't I say that I had just given up on that now? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's true. I, I, that's true. When I saw it, I was like, oh, Kendall. And then I was like, oh, wait, he said he was going to stop talking about that. But as soon as I saw it happen, I was like, I thought of you. You're my thoughts, Kendall. Actually, you know why I, you know why I really like this episode? It up to the dead tally. <laughs> <laughs> so Dinobot has died twice now. Actually, all the other ones, this will be their first death. So, Well, I was going to say, do, do they count as dying twice in this? Because there's like... Because not only is there an explosion, but there's like another time when like Wasmator thinks like, "Oh, I finished them off," and then him and him and Pterosaur go looking for them and find out that that wasn't the fact. Like, does that count since he thought he finished them off? See, I was thinking, I was thinking that when they go into stasis lock at the end, it looks like they die. Yeah, so let's count it too. as three. Okay. <laughs> um. Oh, so. Uh, is there any more from the the IMDb? Uh, no, that's the way? that's all we got. Okay, because there, I think there's. Let me see. There's like two because most of the ones you mentioned were on the wiki and what I mentioned as well while we were talking about them. But there is like uh, actually like a two things here that was pointed out that might be interesting to talk about. For example, uh, like we don't, re- you know, how we've we've kind of mentioned that the scaling of the an- of their animal forms are odd, but we. We kind of know that Cheetors is supposed to be the size of a real cheetah because, you know, mm-hmm. he was running next to those ones and scared them yep. when he talked to them. But uh, it points out that the snake that attacks him must be truly gi- gigantic, yeah. far far yeah. larger than any living species in any fossil variety known to science when the episode was made. However, yeah. uh, ti- Titanoboa would fit the bill, but it wasn't discovered until over a decade later. So there is now known a species of <laughs> of snake that would that would be that big, but at the time of it making, it was not known. Hmm. They were ahead of the curve, uh, exactly. Yeah, and um, they also uh, someone also mentioned like continuity wise that uh, game found by Optimus at the end of the episode could hardly be seen as the end of the Maximals problems. And they're like, let's review. The four of them are in stasis lock, suffering from time-critical energon contamination. They're still an unknown distance from the base. Past episodes have established that Optimus can support rat, can only support Rat Trap's additional weight for flight. So if he if he rushed back, then the other three would have to be carried back to the base by the remaining two Maximals. Dinobot and Rhinox, in particular, are the two heaviest Maximals, and they <laughs> would be truly dead weight for the journey. <laughs> and finally, the Axelon has never shown more than two CR chambers on the bridge. And they're like, maybe that they took turns. Basically, the writers, yada, 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 over a lot more than just Biscuit in those last few minutes. Mm. <laughs> I think I um, did think about the Sierra Chambers thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I mean, are it, they in? Be, well, yeah. No, because the, the contamination is internal. So the, the shielding wouldn't, wouldn't work. If, if I'm, the only thing I can think of, like, in universe that they could use as an ex, explanation that, like, I mean, like, that could come to mind is possibly if they somehow even while they were stasis locks forced them to transform uh to their beast mode because they did mention how the once they're in beast mode it slows down the contamination so if they did that then doing basically a round robin taking turns in the cr chambers might have been like 
you know, not as uh, time critical as uh, they kind of point out. Yeah, that's true. Or, I mean, maybe they have four CR. I, I think it's not that's that unreasonable true. to say they probably yeah. have four CR chambers. Like, and, and in terms of getting it back, maybe that's why they added Air Razor in, and then Tigertron, at least there's like three of them taking them back, rather than just like Optimus by himself. And they are, they he are could, close. Like, radio, he could radio them in. Yeah, I mean yeah. they are they are close. They established that they're that the water once they're at the waterfall, then they're then they're close. Like that, it'll lead them to the to the base. Yeah. Oh, so. hey, there's another note I forgot that actually is kind of interesting. Brad Trap claims that he used to be a miner. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were all miners once, and then we got older. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh! So I remember <laughs> multiple times in my childhood hearing news stories about. Chilean miners being trapped and I always thought that it, they were talking about children but they were actually talking about like coal miners that were trapped in a coal mine. Yeah. Like m- multiple times, not just like there was one specific story where that happened and I thought wrong. Like like it happened, yeah, it was multiple times. Well, if I remember correctly, I think there and Busters of course can correct me on this as well, but I'm pretty sure that there's been multiple instances recorded of like near disasters of Chilean miners. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I, th- I don't think they have very good safety standards down there. Well, it, it was a big thing. It was a specific event that was a big thing, wasn't there? Maybe I'm showing my ignorance here. Yeah. Well, yeah, there was the the one where the, the miners are trapped for like a very long time, but I'm, I'm pretty sure there's been other instances yeah. that haven't been nearly for as sure. long. Ago. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, you know the and then the news stories copied it because they wanted it to be like the old one. You know, it's a it's a sequel. Yeah. Um, so how's this episode start? <laughs> so yeah, this episode uh, we start with uh, we're sort of in a rocky area. The camera's weaving through, and we get a, an immediate shot of Rat Trap's butt as he is digging mm-hmm. a hole. <laughs> He's digging a hole, and he comes across a piece of Energon. And from here, uh, we then get a scene where the camera sort of flips up, shows Rat Trap upside down, and he now has some sort of a, I want to say it's almost like the fork from the first Toy Story movie where they plucked the little green alien guys out of the toy machine. He's got like a hand. The claw. Yeah, the claw. So he's got a claw. You guys are Canadian. I was You're thinking weird. of, uh, <laughs> I was thinking of like when you pick up litter with those like things. Oh like, yeah, the I want one of those for my room. By the way, <laughs> so I need to like pick because I have a lot of paper in my room, and it's just, like squatting down to pick up each little piece of paper is like so fucking annoying. So wait, wait, you want the <laughs> one with a little spike on it, so you just jab the garbage, or do you actually? No, no, like a little grabby one? hand. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I was gonna say like I all I remember from like you know people cleaning up. Uh, or doing, you know, like in old cartoons and stuff, was like it's basically this, this the stick with a little jabby thing, and they're just huh. jabbing at the ground. Oh, you mean like the prisoners a, that a, were always cleaning up? Yes, there. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could have so, sworn we had a grabby hand one at, at my school. Well, no, no, I'm not saying that. Like, I think more modern ones do that. It's just that, yeah. like, I, from old cartoons and stuff, I and like even I think a Simpsons episode had had them doing that, where it was always a, a stick with a spike, and they were just jabbing things. Yeah. yeah, I totally remember that imagery. So uh, so my wife uh, actually paid attention to this episode, and she also uh, was watching Power Rangers Dino Charge with me yesterday. 
And uh, uh-huh. so she sees Rat Trap doing that, and she's like, "Is that an inner gem?" <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We've got it all connected now. So I just want to throw that out uh, for for you uh, Power Rangers fans out there. Also, Dino Charge is pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I like the Black Ranger. <laughs> anyway, we're getting back to the Beast Wars I like episode Kendall. here. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, forgot that after you. She's specifically uh-huh. after you. Yes. yes. <laughs> so we we've got Rat Trap using the claw, and there, there's lit- he literally has a joystick control for this thing, <laughs> and, and he plucks out this this Energon piece, and Cheetor comes running up, and Cheetor is wearing. It almost looked like a rocket pack on his back at first, like yeah. something out of the Rocketeer. Um, but apparently it's some sort of an Energon holding thing. Because Rat Trap put... Holder? Yeah, it, it, like he drops it into one of the tubes and then the crystal immediately disappears. Like it, it sucks it up or like dissolves it or something. Hmm. But I don't know. It was a little weird. So... Cheetor uh, makes a comment saying, a few more chunks like that and we'll have enough power to to run the quantum scanners. I have no idea what the quantum scanners are to begin with, but apparently it's something that they need a lot of energy for. And this is where we actually get Rattrap mentioning, he says, yeah, I got a nose for Energon Kid. Used to be the best miner in Vespa system. Vespa so, system? Yep. Is that like a, a system where everyone rides Vespas? <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if a quantum scanner is because quant. You talk about quant like that's a time related. I wonder if it's related to the probes, like if they can find the the probes that uh, that were trying to find them. Well, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, so it's funny. <laughs> so Ron Trot makes mention that he was that best miner, and then we get Rhinox who says. Uh, makes mention that, you know, not to mention that the entire area is full of Energon deposits. <laughs> and Rattrop is like, yeah, yeah, you're real funny. He <laughs> <laughs> just sort of, you know, for a second, Rattrop's hand almost looked like it was going to give him the finger. Because <laughs> 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 I had to pause on the frame, like, is, wait, what? And then, it, then he just sort of waves it off. I was like, it looked like he was about to give it. So... So we we cut from Rat Trap to uh, a scanner, and we have Dinobot, who who is using this scanner to try and find uh, some more deposits, and he's sort of lamenting the fact that it's a waste of it, his talents being there. And then the scanner goes nuts, and he wind, he winds up calling out that he's found something and found this big deposit of crystals. So and this is very important. Um, Apparently, the Vespa star system is a type of ignition system for a Vespa, a Vespa scooter. So, okay. You can, <laughs> huh. I, that's what it is. Are you serious? That's ridiculous. Well, that's yes, that's what eBay told me. Um, I think there's some <laughs> words in between star and system, uh, but uh, I did search for Vespa star system on eBay, and it came up with LML Star Stella Vespa PX steering lock complete ignition system. Why was eBay the first place you looked for that? Um, well, I actually Googled it, and eBay was the first result. Oh, uh, okay. You I thought you went, you went to eBay specifically to do it. Google, <laughs> you failed me for the last time. 
Ugh. Damn it, I, s- I do think that like like Vespa is a term that shows up in uh, sci-fi, and I'll bet that like that origin for that name it's a shared thing. But uh, well, wasn't the princess in Spaceballs named Princess Vespa? Yes, yes, she was, but she was also princess of the planet Druidia. Yeah, yeah she also she also had a space Lamborghini. <laughs> so. Uh, or I something say, like, like Vesp, that. Vesp, Vespin Gasp in uh, in uh, Starcraft, Starcraft, right? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. There does seem to be quite a few mentions in sci-fi. Mind you, I don't know if Spaceballs would be really considered sci-fi. Yeah, it's just. Well, I mean, the thing is, it does sound vaguely like Vespa does sound vaguely sci-fi, and so it may be. Uh, it may have been a joke in Spaceballs. I'll keep. I'll keep uh, doing some research here. <laughs> um, and uh, we'll uh, and we'll um, you can you can keep uh, you can keep doing it. I'll I'll let you know if I have any developments. <laughs> anyway, so we get uh, Dinobot sort of you know gets all excited that he's found all this energon, and Cheetor comes upon him and says, "Nice find, Dino Miner." He's like, "You're even better than this at Rat Trap than Rat Trap is." And he's like, "I'm better at everything than Rat Trap." <laughs> 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 rat trap, of course, takes offense and starts, you know, sort of doing his little rat screeching at him. And Rhinox is up on this hill, just sort of overlooking them, and he chuckles a bit. But then he he notices something coming in, and sure enough, it. I'm trying to describe, think of how to describe. It almost looks like a firework. It looks like an big, arrow. Yeah, or like a big arrow or a oversized lawn dart. Yeah, no. Yeah, like a javelin dart thing, yeah. like a or a crossbow bolt in, enlarged. Yeah, you know, maybe it doesn't, it doesn't. It doesn't look like a normal missile or thin arrow. Is yeah. what is basically what we're, I guess, we're trying to convey. Yeah, but yeah, it it, it winds up uh, sticking into a large energon crystal, and we have Waspinator and Scorponok appear from over a hill. And <laughs> Rhinox is sort of freaking out. Dinobot says, hi, you missed. And Scorponok says, did I look again, you fool? So Rhinox winds up transforming and jumping it down from his perch down into the, uh, the Energon crystals and tosses the, uh, the arrow, we'll say, away. And uh, Scorponok says, you're too late. He's like goodbye, and then Waspinator says goodbye, stupid Maximals. <laughs> and all of the energon crystals start reacting, and we then cut away, and this is where we get the big, actual, real-looking explosion. <laughs> and it's a pretty big explosion too. It's like it's, it's sort of like a big fire cloud that we get in the CGI environment. It, and, it, uh, the explosion looks like they got live action footage and overlaid it onto this. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's what I, I said in the s- trivia. That's what yeah. they did. Oh, I wasn't. I Real missed life. that. <laughs> I went to go get my soup that I was heating up. Yes. I didn't say anything. I just went and got it. Um, and I noticed that like while right before it's about to explode, they all start transforming into their robot forms. Yes. But that's yeah. like the worst thing they could have done. They could have all the, if they had if they had all been animals. The energon surge might not have affected them. That's true too. Yeah, I yeah, 
I agree. Unless the only thing I can think is like because they were like with damage better. They yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. Like they weren't worried at that point. They weren't worried about energon, energon radiation. They were worried about getting blowed up. Yeah, yep. but I mean they're all faster as animals. They could have just run away. I don't know. I mean, like I'm, it's a nitpick for sure. This is a good episode. Yeah, this is a. Really- mm-hmm. It's it's a we, it's a head scratcher though. Like it does seem yeah. like it does seem and it's and you could still have everything exactly the same happen, except for that, except for that they trans they go into beast mode. But yeah, that, yeah, that was a weird it was a weird choice. But I think it's I think it's just because they were worried about the explosion itself rather than rather than uh-huh. the energon uh, yeah contamination. It's not completely unreasonable that they would transform. It's just like. If they had it, they might have avoided this whole episode. <laughs> well, it might have been, too, that they might have thought, well, what if we did have them in beast mode, but then they would have to try and figure out how to explain why they couldn't see, and then they'd have to have them transform to see, oh, well, oh, yeah, it's, it's, de- it's definitely for plot. Con- it's definitely yeah. for plot contrivance. I'm just meaning, like, in-universe, in if they had stayed beast mode, they might have avoided this whole episode, which is, it would be a shame, because it's a good episode, but... Yeah. I get ya. But or yeah, in so, universe they would have died. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, who knows? Know. Hindsight is twenty twenty. It's because yes. because uh, uh, I think what we established in that one episode where Cheetor is like, I'm going to run fast by being in yeah. beast mode, and then he's like, Okay, I'm going to run fast by being transformed. That there's not necessarily like maybe they have maybe once they transform they get more adrenaline. What no matter which well that was form they go yeah from. that. That was my argument in yeah. that he turned into robot form to take damage better. So, I mean, like, I'm arguing with my own point, but it's also like there was Energon involved in that yeah. particular thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird it's a weird thing. Um, and also, they could have, I mean, if they wanted to, if they really wanted to, they would have been like, you know, we, we, we had to transform to get, we had to transform to survived the blast but unfortunately that caused us to get energon poisoning instead of instead <laughs> yeah. of the next scene being i can't see <laughs> to be fair if you woke up after that and you couldn't see you'd be pretty freaked out too i yeah but i'm not a i'm not a an immortal space robot who's in the middle who's fighting in the middle of a war like i i don't know I, 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 I mean, I don't know. I honestly, like, I mean, maybe I'm getting a little ahead of the episode here, but it makes sense to me that Dinobot's the one freaking out the most. Because he's, like, he's all about being strong mm-hmm. and surviving, and the, and the idea of having a weakness is probably terrifying to him. Yeah. yeah uh, see, uh, uh, I understand the argument. I think I want Dinobot to be better. Because I want Dinobot to be dwarf. <laughs> Gotta have flaws. <laughs> uh, I guess. I guess apparently, you know, yeah, I don't know. If, uh, I'm I'm going off on a tangent here, which I shouldn't be. But I'm Kendall. Do you remember the episode where Worf hurts his spine? Yes, actually, that's Star a good Trek. that's a good point. And he wants to, and he wants, he to, wants get, to kill himself to kill himself. Yeah, yeah. That's how you get to Kendall's heart. You use Star Trek. There I, we go. <laughs> it's so weird that that's kind of true sometimes. I <laughs> I guess I guess the thing is though the thing is though in that episode Worf does want to kill himself but he does it like with dignity he doesn't like yeah start whining he's like he's not like oh, I can't walk this is the worst. 
suppose. That sounds more like Alexander. Um, yes. But anyway, yeah. Okay. Anyway, no, but yeah. that's a good. I, I, I still take your point. And also, Dinobot is not as reserved as Worf. So it. That's true. Yeah, I, I take the point. I just don't. I didn't like that scene. But <laughs> the rest of the episode is great. So it's okay. Yeah. Anyways, but yes, as you guys were, were saying, there, there's a big explosion. We then get uh, Scorponok and Waspinier saying, oh, nobody, nobody could have survived that. So, so we're not going to even bother checking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and neither one of them is smart enough to be like, um, yeah, uh, doesn't that happen every week? Where we blow them up and are convinced that they're dead, but then they're not actually dead? <laughs> but yeah. So they wind up going off because they're going to go report back to Megatron. And uh, so they go into beast mode. They leave. And we then cut down into the crater because the explosion made a crater. And we see Rhinox's fingers. And, of course, initially you would think, oh, well, maybe his hand got blasted off. But it starts moving. And then he manages to rise from the debris, uh, still in one piece. But we noticed that. Did you guys notice his rhino eyes were white before you saw his robot eyes? I, I didn't. I noticed okay. that they were at, that they were out. Like because yeah. I knew what this episode was, I actually paid real close attention to what his eye, what was going on with his eyes, mm-hmm. and they were and the red wasn't on. Like they yeah. they were they were darkened, and it wasn't. Uh, and I think it wasn't until he said, "I'm blind," did did they kind of like open and it was just pure white. Yeah. I think if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I, and I think the reason I maybe missed that is because my attention was drawn to the gape, to a big black mark on his head, thinking that was a hole, and I was like, <laughs> "Shit!" <laughs> but no, it's just a burn mark. They actually did a really good job, kind of recoloring all the characters in this episode to make them to make it very clear that these guys are in rough shape. Yeah, they yeah, I would were. Say- yeah. Could continue. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I was I was gonna say because at one point it looks like Cheetor had some of his spots blasted off of his face from his, <laughs> his Cheetor Cheetah mode. So. Uh yeah, it, and uh, I would say this is like a really good looking episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I found it was pretty like good. That 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 again, yeah, I you already mentioned the snake. I guess it was really well rendered. That first shot of it, like gearing up to strike, like. Or maybe I wasn't in the first shot, but there was a, there's a shot where it's like it's gearing back up to like kind of lunge forward, and it looks really good. Like, I was surprised how. And there's some splashing effects later, and it, it's it's a pretty good looking episode. Although they used mist a lot to maybe avoid draw distances because they put more effort into the models. I think which is so. An yeah. Thing. Yeah, that makes sense. But it although although the mist is done well. Yeah, it's like, like it's like it's like in Silent Hill where it works. Yeah, it's mist. not like in. Uh, 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 Pod Racing sixty four uh, yeah. episode one racer <laughs> that it's just that it's not that it doesn't work, um, but uh, yeah, actually the snake yeah I mean if this was a couple episodes ago then the snake would have had to have been a new character that they introduced if you were going to have a model <laughs> that that detailed yeah you know as opposed to you know juxtaposed with last week those those gazelles that looked terrible or whatever they were. And the the, the precipitalaka jupiter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> that looked exactly the same as the gazelle. Um, <laughs> yes, the thing that we could never pronounce the name of, which we didn't get any comments from anybody on. Uh, it just posted two days ago. It's okay. Yeah, true. But yeah, so the all of no the, one wants the to admit that they can't say that word either. 
Oh, that that very well could be it too. <laughs> so the all of the other Maximals start sort of rising up from the debris, and all of them realize that they can't see. And we're seeing all of them have whited out eyes. Uh, Dinobot is really freaking out, as was alluded to earlier. Rat Trap's sort of very tepidly, you know, trying to feel around a little bit. Cheetor's freaking out. And Rhinox is sort of like the voice of reason telling everybody to calm down. <laughs> we get Dinobot who says, calm down. And then he freaks out. He's like, we can't see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rhinox uh, figures out that the Energon explosion contaminated their systems. So their optical sensors, and he says, and just about everything else, except for their weapons, apparently, are offline. And they're like, well, what do we do? He's like, well, we've got to transform. It'll slow down the contamination and possibly regenerate our systems. So we get all of them. Uh, they sort of they transform back into their beast modes and their sparks when they do it. And that's it was a bit weird seeing that because we've never really seen that sort of thing before. It looks it looks painful for Rhinox. Yeah. And and yeah. I, I kind of see it on the others' faces what they like could hear it and they're like yeah. okay I guess we'll do that yeah <laughs> yeah it seems like like um that didn't sound like that went good are you sure we should do that <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah, after they transform all of them are like oh that was weird and then like and we still can't see <laughs> Dinobots like I'll tear out Scorponok's processor for this. And Waspinators, too. <laughs> so, Rhinox uh, makes mention that it's worse than he thought, and he says that their only chance is to make it back to base. And, of course, Dinobot's like, are you insane? How can we get to the base when we can't see? And Rhinox is like, there's more than one way to see Dinobot. He's like, he's like, besides, we don't have a chance. If we don't reach in our chamber in about 60 cycles, the contamination will put our sparks out for good. And then we get and, the dun-dun-dun. Uh, yep. I, I imagined when you said it, uh, Dinobot was like, I'll get you, Scorponok, and your little wasp, too. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been good. But yeah, so from here, we, we then cut to the dark side. And we have Megatron, who is communicating with Scorponok. Uh, and he says, well, if there's no wreckage, how are you sure that they were destroyed? And then... He sort of slammed his his non-tailed fist onto a pipe that bends, and I know Kendall, you were so disappointed with that. You, you know what? Actually, you know what's funny? I watched the episode twice, like I always do, uh, because mm-hmm. I don't trust myself to pay attention for the whole time. Uh, but I conveniently got up to get a snack during this scene both times. <laughs> I first I got the rest of my general show's chicken, um, and I ate that for the rest of the first viewing. And then uh, during the second viewing, I got my uh, uh, cocktail shrimp, and I ate that for the rest of the second viewing. So I actually, Jealous. I actually did not know because I heard the scene and I knew what happened. I did not know that he specifically didn't have the tail and, and hit a thing. Yep. Sad but true. So if it wasn't for us, you would never have known. But I also, yeah, I'm just, I just decided that it doesn't matter. Like. Whatever it's, they should have just. Also, when he's in the base, it's it's always okay because because they've established yeah, yeah. that there's the shielding and stuff, so yeah. he doesn't need to be able to transform. But 
yeah, I mean, last episode was where they just established that uh, he can make it appear out of thin air. It's fine. (laughs) I still think it was that rifle that it was somehow his tail and and he changed it. Maybe. So it, so it, so his rifle mutated uh, in order to look like a like an elephant gun. Yes, which was also dumb. So you know, I know. At, yeah. I didn't say it was the best. <laughs> I said it was what I thought would happen was happening. It's no. I mean, it's fine. It's better than I don't know. I don't know. It's better than no solution. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, you know what? The thing is, though, the thing is about the thing. Like, I just really wish that the. That the figure didn't have the stupid pincher hand, because it does look cooler when he has a regular robot arm. But the fig, it's I. But the figure just has the pincher hand. Megatron should just have the pincher hand, so it's toy accurate. But and he can't, and he can't, re- and the toy can't remove it. Right, the toy can't yeah. remove it. The toy does not have a hand underneath it that's holding the thing. It's just, no. it's just the, it's just the pincher hand. Um, and whatever, I don't care. I give up. I've been defeated. Aww. Megatron goes trans transmetal in like five episodes anyway, right? Something like that. Oh, yeah, pretty yeah. soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we get this little um, part after Megatron orders them to go back to find records of them. Scorpion off flames, Waspinator, and yes. Waspinator's pissed. He, he totally throws him under the bus. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I told Waspinator. And Waspinator just sort you know, you know for a fact that Waspinator would have gone to his sulking sector if he had been able to. He was so pissed. Because he buzzes off really fast. He totally so, would have gone there. So, so, because I wasn't paying attention, because um, I didn't catch this part again. This is probably the scene that I was uh, walking away. Eating the so, so when, um, So when they actually did blow it up, is Scorponok the one that said they couldn't have survived? Yes. Yes. So, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, he's totally lying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. Just just wanted to establish in case there were other people who had gotten up during that scene. <laughs> From here, we then cut to a jungle, or rather a swamp, I guess. Or a swampy jungle? They say it's a swamp. They say it's a swamp. And, yeah. But they can't see, too, so who knows? Yeah. I think but, it's uh, I I it's probably it's a jungle, but they but they say it's a swamp because they can't see like they're wrong. Well, they say it smells like a swamp. Yeah, yeah. then so, there is mud on their feet. Yeah, so. they could just not be like in a watery place of the swamp. Like there's parts of swamps that aren't as watery as others. So maybe. Hmm. See, I was hmm. thinking they were in a jungle that's a super watery jungle. It could be either. I guess. I guess. Doesn't, like, doesn't the fact that it's a swamp help them navigate to where they need to go, though? So I mean, it must be swamp. Like, it, like it's possible they could have got it wrong, but it's like, like, oh, it's a swamp, so we're close to base. Like, this isn't. Don't they say something like that? That's you the know? waterfall. Yeah. yeah that's they the waterfall. No, but I mean, even before that, because they're like, we're going in the right direction because oh. we're in the swamp. I thought they said that. Okay, you know? well then maybe well, it's see, a swamp. Maybe the episode isn't rendered is as good as we thought. Because <laughs> water drains into a basin and makes a swamp then it's kind of like completely opposite from a river it's basically a river just kind of is spread out right well greg what is the exact lines when they mention the swamp um when they mention the swamp uh dinobot's like mm, what a lovely smell we can all nope he says we can only be on a swamp 
By the way, I thought Brian Oxen would be like, that's my butt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh Ryan Well at least he's not at least he doesn't at least he, he wasn't biting it. his butt like the two people behind him. Yeah. Yeah, because what we get here is Rat Trap is at in the conga t- line. Yeah, it's pretty I much was conga. going I was going with uh with a uh, uh maximal centipede. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was thinking a train space. Yeah. But Ryan Trap is the is in the back and he is sort of holding on to Cheetor's tail with his teeth. And Cheetor is holding on to Dinobot's tail with his teeth, and then Dinobot is just holding on to Rhinox's tail with his hand. Because apparently he does not want to bite Rhinox's butt. <laughs> Considering what happens in the later episode, that's probably a good idea. So I, I guess it isn't explicitly said that the swamp helps him get home. So I guess I was just reading too much into it. But it does make. I mean, it would make sense that like if they walked there, and they, and there's a swamp on the way home. I mean, I guess that. Yeah. You would yes. think that they would have some idea what topographical features exist in the way home, but. Yeah. Plus, it's Dinobots just complaining. He might just be complaining to complain because you know he's having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's blind. <laughs> so Rhinox um, sort of alludes to that. Oh, so there's more than one way to be able to see you using your senses now, Dinobot. And after he says that, he stops in his tracks because he detects something. And of course, everybody else runs into him. And Dinobot freaks out and says, Why did you stop? <laughs> so what winds up happening is Dinobot somehow manages to fall on his back and then kips himself up. And stomps on Rat Trap's paw when he jumps up. Can hear the pain? <laughs> yeah, he. Rat Trap lets out a really ear piercing howl. Yeah. And he's like, Watch where you're stepping. And of course, he can't watch where he's stepping because he's blind. Oh. Yeah. So the Rhinox is like, Quiet, something's near us. And uh, he hears some rustling in a tree. And. As he's looking in that direction, a giant fucking snake uh, is lowering itself down as everybody's looking around and Cheetor's sort of in the back behind everybody else. And the snake winds up dropping down and coils around Cheetor and causes sparks to fly out of him. Yeah, he, Yeah. he starts constricting around him and there's it does not look good. Yeah, he's crushing him. Yep. And Cheetor very weakly says, help me. And Rattrap was like, hey, Cheetor, where are you, kid? And Dinobot just starts freaking the fuck out. He says, what's happening? Are we under attack? And Rattrap is like, don't panic. And Dinobot's like, you won't get me. And then he winds up. Very cartoony moment. Yes. Winds up, bolts, and smashes into a tree and flattens out. He sort of looks like a newt when he's up against the tree. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Yeah. He got better. Yeah. Now I'm getting flashbacks of Ned's newt. <laughs> <laughs> how that really affected Kendall. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I think that we live in a world that has just the right amount of Monty Python references. Like, <laughs> like not, 
you don't want you don't want it all the time, but like about once every six months, somebody makes a Monty <laughs> Python reference completely out of context, and you that, s- that wasn't a Monty Python reference for me. I think he was talking about. I think he was said. just delayed reaction. I was I was laughing at Jordan and saying that he got better. Oh, got gotcha, better. gotcha. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I totally, didn't even hear I what totally John said that. because I was I was thinking about Monty Python well, so aren't, much. Aren't I embarrassed? <laughs> <laughs> I just like like you just yeah like one reference every, you know every every six months or so you know something about weighing the same as a duck, you know like <laughs> like you Does just this mean that we can't make another reference until July now. I mean, if something comes up naturally, it's fine. It's just like I've, you know, there were definitely times in my life when there was a when there was a Monty Python reference, like every twenty minutes amongst yeah. uh, my friends and I. And oh, I totally know that high school. I was high yeah, school. I, I think I think there was a uh, one of the, a really interesting uh, um, what was it? An uh, interview they put where they said that they were purpose like their their whole when they the group that they did the show and everything was them trying to create a type of sense of humor or create things that basically was random, nonsensical, couldn't be defined or described. And now Pythonisk is actually a like word that can be used and is in the dictionary. And they're like, well, that kind of just threw it all out the window for us. <laughs> but is it, yeah, it's just like, I, I feel like it's, it's the, it's at the right place in, in the zeitgeist or whatever, where it's like, it just every once in a while it comes up and, you know, as long as you're educated, then you get the joke. Uh-huh. It's it's like uh, you know, it's like it's like referencing something from Shakespeare. <clears throat> I mean, like <clears throat> it's it's and yeah, like where we probably were all nerdy kids and we all had nerdy friends. We and that's a very stereotypical nerdy thing to do is to reference um, mm. Holy Grail. It's even in Weird Al Yankovic's White and Nerdy. Mm. I'm a Mariah's Holy Grail. Real well, etc. Right now, how have you R O T F L O L? And for a while, it was like Simpsons quotes, too. Like, I remember something is like, it's like a call and response. It's like a way of just finding like, yes, these are my people kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, Simpsons, Simpsons quotes, that's still a thing. That's fine. Uh, Yeah, there is a Simpsons quote that would have been that would have referenced this. Duff man can't breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Goggles, they do nothing. That's very common. I was... I was thinking the Simpsons quote that came to my mind was we are the knights who say knee. <laughs> there's a there's an episode where Homer has nerd friends. Yeah. And they, uh, they reference they were they reference that. All goes full circle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So so I mean we live in so, the age of Frankiac, no, so to, uh, so Simpsons quotes. horribly dying. Yes. Oh my god, with no well, no, this doesn't really count as him dying, I suppose. No, but he's it's no. it's very painful looking. Yeah, so Dinobot manages to take himself out. Uh, Rat Trap is sort of coming to the rescue because he can sort of hear Cheetor, and so he's running blindly and gets smacked by the rat's tail, <laughs> or yes, the snake's tail. Sorry, <laughs> he gets like this expression of like, "Oh yeah, well, right back at you, pal," and then he jumps and bites the snake. The snake rears up its head. Sort this is of the look- shot I was talking about. It looks so good. Yeah. The lighting and everything, like it, it looks like it looks like it's a higher grade than everything else in like the series. <laughs> like, yeah. This is like an FF8 cinematic, practically right here. 
Yeah, it uh, it looks pretty good. It sort of coils back and it flicks its tail and <laughs> sends Rat Trap flying. First off, how strong is this snake? Well, it's crushing a cheater, uh, a, a cheetah, so maybe it's really strong. Yeah. And, yeah. And I was wondering is why he why the snake decided to go after the rat after after tossing him aside like that. Yeah. Um. Maybe. Also, also, I just want to say at this point in the episode, this is where Rat Trap gets separated from the group, and they never find him again, right? <laughs> I was thinking that's the same thing. I was that's like, too. that's a, yeah, yeah. Like, was, like that would that look like it would have been a huge problem him being like thrown that far away from everyone else. But yeah, apparently it it's farther than it, it's less far. It's closer than it looks from the top. Yeah, like yeah, like I guessing they they made the throw very exaggerated to show that it was like painful or or. or or very strong, but like in retrospect, it it must have not th- he must have not landed far, or else he, they would have had trouble finding him. Yeah, because uh, he lands pretty hard. the 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 snake lets go of Cheetor and starts slithering along the ground towards Rat Trap, who's sort of trying to get his bearings again. Like I guess maybe the snake just likes snakes better than uh, cats. Or mice Rat. instead of cats. Yeah, it could be. But yeah, snakes. Rat he's like, I can get a two for one deal. Yeah. Because hmm. mm-hmm. he's already pretty much taken out. You can just be like, oh, yeah, that's true. Maybe it knows its filters will won't adjust. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rat Trap's sort of looking around, expecting an attack, and sure enough, the snake goes to try and bite him and comes up just short within inches and snaps its jaw. And then we look over and we see that Rhinox has put his foot down onto the snake's tail. He's like, ah, gotcha now. And he manages to hook the snake on his horn and then flips it. (laughs) And it goes flying. Yeah, it goes flying. I can't even begin to guess as to how far it went. Basically, as far as Raptrap looked like he was going when he was flung by the snake, is how far uh, Rhinox actually throws it. Yeah, and of course, when it when it lands, it, we hear this huge thud and an elephant uh, trumpeting a bit. Yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> the elephant sound was really, was really yeah. cute. So we we then cut back to Cheetor, who uh, is looking pretty bad, and Rhinox manages to to find him. Ask him how he's doing. He says his his shoulder's pretty messed up and he's feeling cold. And of course, Dinobot being a bit cutthroat uh, suggests that they leave him. And Rhinox is like, Maximals don't abandon their own kind. And so Rhinox says for Cheetor to get on his back. And Rattrap's like, yeah, let's go, kiddo. And I'm like... Why are you telling Cheetor to move when he just said that one of his shoulders is messed up and he probably can't move at that point? I mean, who's going to pick him up, though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we we cut to what turns out to be, I'm guessing it's like a mountain, like a sort of a lookout that Tigatron is on. Yeah. He's, he's looking out uh, and he radios into Optimus, who's at the base. He says, no sign, and Optimus asks him if there's any sign of Rhinox and the others, and he says, negative, they're not in grid Oriya. And Optimus tells him to move to grid Alpha. (laughs) So, he's going to put Sentinel on automatic and search from the air, 
and tells Tigertron to contact Air Racer if he finds them. That's the only mention we get of her for the entire episode. So we then cut to uh, Scorponok and Waspinator now, who are back at the crater, or crater rather. <laughs> was it a piece of coal that Scorponok had in his claws? I think it was coal, or it was just basically some residue from from the explosion yeah. that's just black, and he's able to crumble up. Uh-huh. But yeah, he he he's holding something that crumbles in his face, and. Waspinator's not able to find anything. He tells Waspinator to fly up because there should be wreckage and tells him to scan for energon traces. So he he flies up and runs a scan, and we then get uh, this sort of trail. And he says, oh, energon trail. And uh, from here, he says, maybe Maximals did survive. So Scorponok, of course, tells him to follow it. And that they have to find them and finish them, or else Megatron will scrap them both. So that was a interesting little bit there. Apparently, <laughs> normally, I thought that the Predacons didn't have that sort of vision. I thought it was just like infrared that they have, but apparently they have different modes. So, um, and I, I feel like the reason they can track the Energon is because they're so charged with it right now. That's true. Because, like, that would be really OP, mostly. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, then you could just and, and, find them even in beast mode, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So, from here, we, we cut back to the Maximals, who are sort of going through the, the jungle again. <laughs> and we get Rhinox, who says, I smell water. And I'm thinking... <laughs> I, I mean, fresh water definitely has a smell, yeah. Mm, yeah, I, and I think I think animals, especially like I, I think that's a thing. And make that's not the like rivers. Like, you can smell a river when you like are getting close to it. Yeah, I like. okay. Yeah, maybe that's, he, the, yeah. yeah. This 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 is prehistoric Earth, so I guess the water's not like coming from a a fresh spring, cool and clear, and no impurities or anything. So yeah. Well, I mean, like even, I mean, it, it is it's probably yeah, it's like really pure and like. I mean, you can smell rain and stuff. Like, water has a smell to it. Like, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, Rhinox says that he can smell the water, and Cheetor says that he hears it. And this is where I thought Cheetor's face, it looks like some of his spots have been blown off, because it looks a lot more bare yeah. than usual. And I honestly felt, like, really bad for Cheetor here. I'm like, holy shit. Like, like he's selling this. Like, it, it yeah. really felt like... He's so pale. Oh you man, he's really spots. hurt. Aw, Cheetor. <laughs> that was my reaction. Yeah. And of course, uh, Cheetor asks uh, if it's the base because waterfall. Uh, but he's, he says no, but it should be one of the falls which feeds the base. He's like, if we can get to it, we can follow it. So he's like, hang on, Cheetor, we're gonna make it. And Cheetor, you know, is a bit yeah. down on it. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'm, I'm gonna make it. He's like just uh, so tired. Ugh. Yeah. So, from yeah, he's not doing so good. Which is sad because he's in kitty mode, and it's like, oh, the poor kitty. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Like I say, he's really selling it. Like, and like the whole like 
I'm just I'm just so tired. Like that line is just like, yeah. oh god, don't fall asleep, Cheetor, you'll die. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like when you're in the cold weather and you're just freezing in the cave, shaking. He's like, don't go to sleep, don't go to sleep. He's like, I'm just going to take a nap here. No, don't do that. Yeah, he mentioned he was like so cold earlier too, and then and then it flips over to uh, to tarantulas typing on a keyboard, and that just made me think of like with his pincers. It's like. He has to type with like two fingers all the time. <laughs> the like, ultimate hunting imagine typing hacking. like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I have a friend who can and maybe who who can hunt uh, who does you know hunt and pack typing. So typing with two fingers, but he literally can type like uh, like forty to fifty words per minute. Like he's he's just been so used to it that he actually well, is relatively that's probably quick. Probably tarantulas then as well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, uh, now now I'm imagining that uh, that weird classical song with the typewriter oh. like a, I think the Animaniacs did a thing where it's like it's an actual like a whole musical thing and you actually use the typewriter as an instrument yeah that'd be weird seeing tarantulas doing that yeah <laughs> but Predacon yeah. Cultural Trust now brings you tarantulas on the typewriter <laughs> but yes so Tarantulus uh, has picked up something on the scanners and uh, he calls Megatron over. He's like, I'm getting an odd reading. It's like, it looks like walking Energon. Oof. <laughs> and it zooms in on the screen, which looks a little weird. <laughs> and, um, it sort of looks like glowing blue sort of globs that are walking on the screen Megatron comes over and says uh, obviously the Maximals survived he's like they, sub- they sub- survived Scorpinox inept ambush and are now contaminated and he orders Tarantulas to send Pterosaur to to and I quote seek and destroy he had to have that little dramatic pause so <laughs> Megatron is nothing but a showman. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's a thespian. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He gives to the Predacon cultural trust. (laughs) Would he have been impressed with Tarantulas' version of the typewriter song, though? I think he would would begrudgingly fund it, but he he would think he he was just being a hack. (laughs) I don't know. I think he'd be happy that, like, one of his, uh, his subordinates are... Are taking up the entertainment business in any shape or form, you know? Yeah, I suppose. When when I was in high school, um, I knew uh, some people who had T-shirts that said "We're thespians, want to watch." That's that doesn't that makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what they were just trying to encourage you to support local. I know. Theater. I know. But it just kind of makes you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> cute though i guess i guess maybe <laughs> it's like saying when you eat you're uh masticating your food <laughs> this sounds wrong it's oh, a weird boy. word masticating yeah yeah then epidermis well, epidermis sounds like what it is yeah masticating also because it has so many hard con uh consonants in it and like mix like Chewing and stuff. <laughs> anyway, moving on from the masticating talk, um, we we then cut to the the waterfall that was heard earlier, and we have the Maximals there, 
uh, Rhinox uh, said, uh, talks about how, ah, I said, we made it to the waterfall. <laughs> Dinobot's like, <laughs> he's like, what did you say? And then Ron actually repeats himself even louder. (laughs) And Dinobot uh, says, What a startling revelation! (laughs) So, and of course, Ronox gives him a little side eye there, which he can't see. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We then get. Rat Trap, who discovers a, a log that's going across the the waterfall. And he sort of sniffs around. He's like, hey, guys, give me a minute and I'll check this out. Or no, rather, not a minute. He says, give me a cycle and I'll check it out. I had to correct myself there. So he manages to, to cross and make sure that it's secure and finds out that there's no rock on the other side. And he calls the others to say that it's safe to cross. Only he doesn't realize that. Did anybody else pick up on the fact that it's a big rock in the middle of the waterfall? It, yeah, it seems like it wasn't really. It wasn't connected to the other side, so if yeah. they managed to make it, they were kind of screwed anyway. Oh, I didn't. I didn't catch that. That's interesting. Yeah. So, as they're crossing this log, uh, Waspinator comes upon them. And takes it upon himself to to try and finish them off. And he, and he also he also notices that they're uh, also seem to be blind. Yes, like he can see that something's wrong with their optical sensors. Yeah. So yeah. he makes note of that, and uh, he transforms and goes to uh, to destroy the log and shoots it. The mac or no, he doesn't hit the log. He hits the ground that the log was sort of sitting on. And, of course, the Maxwells lose their balance, and they and the log topple over the side of the waterfall. So Waspinator, of course, assumes that they've been destroyed. I think, Kendall, this is one of the times that you were counting, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, yeah, th- well, this is the kind that, the time that uh, either John or Jordan, I get those two mixed up. One of them, uh, it's okay. one of them pointed it out. That, that, How uh, dare that, you? <laughs> <laughs> Look, on every podcast, there's at least two hosts that you get mixed up. And on on this one, I happen to get John and Jordan mixed up. You know. Because we have the same na- similar names, isn't it? Y- yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, but, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was the one that was pointed out. And that's where I, you know, so it was, yeah. But yes. But yeah. So they wind up going over the side. Uh, and into the water, Waspinator is like, I must find wreckage to take back to Megatron. So, as he says that, Pterosaur then shows up and announces that Megatron sent him to find the Maxim, find and destroy the Maximals. So, they go flying off, and uh, we're about, well, I'd say we're about halfway. Th- well, a little over halfway through the episode now. So why don't we take a quick little break and we shall be right back. Yeah.
So where were we in the episode? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, getting back to the episode, uh, we we cut from Waspinator and Pterosaur to the the river that's flowing, and we get. I don't know why, but for some reason, when I saw Rhinox, he he sort of like gasps and like jumps out of the water a little bit. It was almost like one of those picturesque sort of scenes where you know he just sort of hangs in the air for a minute as he does it, and then flops back down. I thought that was kind of neat, um, but he winds up sort of walking to the shore and rat trap Cheetor and Dinobot are all coughing and trying to gather themselves up a bit. Uh, Cheetor uh, makes mention that he's had enough water to last him a stellar lifetime. <laughs> Looking like a drowned rat. Yep. And literally Twice. there is there is a rat right beside him who's, who agrees with him. This reminds me of that uh, last scene in not very last scene, but the near the end of Ninja Turtles two when they all come out of the dock. Oh yeah. And they're all like flopping over on top yeah. of it and like, Man, I said it before and I'll say it again. I love being a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it in every movie? Actually, yeah, that does remind me a little bit of it. Does that happen in the new movies, Michael Bay movies? If you say that line I don't I don't think is. they I don't think they say that line. Fuck! I don't. Or, or I didn't Zero to ten. It. Zero I, to ten. <laughs> Hipster Kendall says that that Ninja Turtles Two was his favorite superhero movie of the year. Only Hipster Kendall, though. <laughs> different forms of Kendall. Yeah. Transform. I, when I did the, when I did my I did on my Facebook I did some of my picks, but I had to deviate between Kendall and Hipster Kendall, or else like I would be tempted to be like, oh, I want to pick this movie, but it's too mainstream. Everybody, everybody <laughs> liked Doctor Strange. I'm going to tell them that I liked Ninja Turtles just to be uh, edgy. Mm-hmm. At least you're self-aware about that. Like, I was having coffee with a bunch of friends drawing, and this one guy was saying, uh, "Like, I was, he was, he was drawing this like character of a skull mask." And I'm like, "Oh, you might." Li-, and he seemed to draw a lot of skull characters. I'm like, "Oh, you might like Reaper and Overwatch." He's like, "Yeah, but like that game is really popular. I don't want to play it because I don't like popular things." And I'm like. Fucking kidding me! Like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like not enjoy this thing just because it's popular. I'm gonna forcibly make myself have a worse life. Fuck off. <laughs> I, I literally have a friend who's like that, but he knows. I he's hate like it. That. Well, no, no, it's just like, it's like I, I go to him. It's like, hey, have you seen this? He's like, no, you know, I hate popular things. I'm like, yeah, but have you seen? It? He's like, yeah. <laughs> like he knows, he knows that it's a stupid thing. This, and this he, guy seemed very unself-aware though. Yeah, he's. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he he won't like if something becomes popular he won't he won't actively search it out. Yeah. So, but he also knows that that you know he's he gets kind of like stubborn about it. So if it's good enough and it's like brought to him in the right context, he will still give it a try. It's just that it will pro- he prefers to wait until people stop yelling at him about it before he tries it. Well, at least he's self aware enough about it then. Yeah, yeah self awareness is the key. Yeah. In everything, I always, always break the fourth clear. wall. That's how self-aware I am. Yeah. I <laughs> so we we get um, Dinobot who who's sort of complaining. I'll I'll say it politely. He's complaining complaining again 
about how he, he says, what irony for a warrior like me to go out blind, wet, and helpless. And then Rhinox is sort of trying to be optimistic and says, we're not finished yet. And he's like, spare me your eternal optimism. He says, Waspinator will be back this time. And then, sure enough, uh, we then cut to Waspinator and Pterosaur, who happen to zoom overhead and spot them. And Pterosaur sort of chides Waspinator a bit and says, ah, you got them, did you? And we then get Waspinator was really angry this episode. Well, like I said, he got thrown under the bus and then... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because he's like, uh, Waspinator will destroy the Maximals. We'll make sure of their destruction this time. But, uh, so... From there, we cut back to uh, the Maximals, and uh, they're like, what do we do, Rhinox? He's like, nowhere to run, so we fight. He's like, everybody transform, and Rhinox, or Dinobot's like, are you insane? We can't, and Rat Trap interrupts him and says, for once, just do what Rhinox says, will you, Chopper Face? <laughs> <laughs> Which that was one of these moments that there were a handful of moments in this episode where you like really feel like the characters are in danger in a way that you don't in yeah. most other episodes. And that's where you can totally. like, really tell the, the legitimate fear with Rat Trap. Yeah. Yeah. So as Waspinator and Pterosaur are sort of zooming in on them, they wind up uh, shooting. They miss the Maximals. And of course, the Maximals all have their weapons and are trying to shoot and they can't hit anything. <laughs> and they're getting frustrated and uh, Dinobot's like this is absurd and Rhinox is like concentrate you can do it and they're like well we can't see and uh, so Rhinox says to them to stand their ground and listen for his instructions and he makes mention of them picturing a targeting grid in their head from what they would have used in practice simulations and so they, they sort of all take up these positions and Rhinox, I don't know if he was like, if it was like a spiritual, like he sort of does a meditating stance. Yeah. He, he, he says experience tranquility and then he like it's floating in the air with extra arms. <laughs> he would put his thumb and forefinger together, but he does not have thumbs or forefingers. Yeah. Cause he's a rhino. But he does he does seem to adopt a Zen one with everything kind of definitely or uh with yeah because like he actually stands on his back legs and holds out his arms yes, and so. and I yeah I thought they were gonna go super spiritual with this but they actually do something that I thought was actually really clever and I really like it what happens yeah. here so he he's sort of sitting there in rhino form while he's doing this and he he tells Cheetor, dinobot and rat trap to to sort he gives them vectors and they sort so they sort of look picturing what it would be like if they were on that uh in that sort of grid again and he tells them on their mark and as he's listening uh he tells them to fire and sure enough they wind up taking out pterosaur yeah he says things like like grid G seven, like shit like that. We're like, and, and I was going to say, like, I, I felt like they were going to go with like, like use the forest to sense where they are and shit, but <laughs> which wouldn't have been bad. It just, it just seems like it would have been too, it would have been easy. And the fact that he makes it so that like, just picture like you're in a grid and then he, 
and it's a grid they've all experienced. Mm-hmm. And he's and he uses his senses to kind of pinpoint where they are, and then tells them where they are on the grid. That's actually a really clever way of going about it. I thought, yeah, like I I thought that was a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. And we actually get a pretty badass scene too, because once they take out Pterosaur, um, we then get. I'm trying to remember how exactly the timing of this goes. Because Pterosaur gets hit, and then he flies into the side of the the hill. And Waspadier's like, oh, this is impossible. And they shoot after him. And as they're shooting after him, uh, we then cut to Tigatron, who is hearing the sounds of the gunfire. And he maximizes and starts heading in their direction. And he calls to, to Optimus to let him know what's going on. And then when we cut back, this is the the cool scene that I like because Rhinox hears Waspinator above them and gives Rattrap more instructions. And Rattrap literally just points above him and shoots and hits Waspinator. And Waspinator just sort of dies. Yeah, dead on. He's in flames and he sort of careens. Yeah, he skips along the water and crashes into some rocks. With some pretty decent water effects for the time, I thought. So yeah, that was pretty cool, I thought. From here, though, we get, before they can really, you know, be happy with what's happened, Dinobot, Cheetor, and Rattrap all experience uh, Energon surges, and they all wind up going into stasis lock. And, and this, this this part was really funny, because I was watching with a friend who never who hadn't seen a show since he was a little kid, and he we were watching it together, and, and he lists off all this, these just jargon. Rhinox, and he's like, so that stuff they've explained in, like, earlier episodes, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's totally, like, face as long as a thing that happens, and, like, I thought it was really funny that he's just, like, he's not just listing off bullshit right now, is he? And I'm like, no, yeah. he's... <laughs> I mean, he is, but it's their special brand of bullshit. <laughs> well, I mean, they haven't explained what stasis lock is in the show. We've just read the Wikipedia article, or the, the TF Wiki article. They, I feel they've like referenced I stasis lock... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From, like, context. But if you heard it the first time this episode, I could see you being fucked that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly, like, this is probably the episode that they decided what Stasis Lock looked like. Because this is the first mm. time we've seen anybody actually, actually go into it. Stasis Lock. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. the other time that they kept bringing it up, it was like, you're gonna, I'm going to make you go into beast mode in order to prevent Stasis Lock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... From here, Rhinox realizes that when they transformed back into the robot mode, it uh, accelerated the uh, the contamination. And so it's thrown them all into stasis lock. And of course, as he comes to that realization, he then hears some rocks falling from the hill behind him. And so he transforms and he's got his gun out. He's ready to fire. And then Optimus sort of zooms in through the mist and... Uh, he calls out Rhinox, and Rhinox is like, Optimus, I knew you'd... And then he keels over from Stasis Lock as well. And we then get... Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, imagine how... Imagine, like, if, if this was a... Like, not a kid's show, if this, and if this was not a TV show, if it was a movie and this was the end of the movie, imagine if it was if this was the plot of a horror movie, like you're blind, and like the movie that came out earlier, and the person rescues you... And then you collapse and die right as you're rescuing. That would be mm-hmm. like a tragedy. That would be like that would yeah. be Oscar worthy. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio as Oscar Rhinox. 
Uh, of course, of course, it'd be really controversial because people would say they were whitewashing. Uh. Okay, Kendall, I keep meaning to ask. You do realize that the actor who voices Rhinox is white, right? Oh, is he? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah. It took us 20 episodes for me to ask this. <laughs> okay. Moving on. <laughs> anyway, yes, moving on. So, oh, God. Anyway, um, Optimus lands and he radios to Tigertron and says. Tigertron code X, so apparently code X means Everybody's dead. Really Get real. over here. I guess. Well, at least it's not code Z, which I'm guessing is the next step. Wouldn't Would it be code Y? X- or, oh yeah. Yeah. Z I mean Z is the final step where basically they're already doing the funeral. Oh, okay. What irony. Such ir- such irony. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, from here, we then cut to the maximal base and cutting inside. We then have the the art chamber opening and we've got Rhinox and his his optics activate and they show red instead of the white that we've seen all episode. And as his vision sort of comes back into focus, we get Rattrap who says, uh, hey, buddy, good to see you. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I think this is also one of the more obvious times where you see they have pupils in their eyes as well. They're not just yeah. one like complete red thing. Like you can see red circles inside the red eyes. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we get uh, rat traps there, Tigertron's there, as well as Dinobot, and uh, rat traps says and thanks. And Cheeto goes it goes double for me, big guy. And then Dinobot says, I suppose you did a commendable job out there. But um, actually, now that I think about it, because, yeah, Rattrap's eyes are red, Cheetors are yellow, Dinobots are red, but he does, yeah, he's got, like, the little red pupils. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really notice that with Rattrap or Cheetor. But we do sort of get it with Rhinox's eyes. Speaking yeah. of, speaking of uh, eyes, I think I should have brought this up a few minutes ago, but I'm starting to get tired. Um, Dinobot, <laughs> when they're shooting, Dinobot can still shoot with his eyes. Did anybody mm-hmm. else think that was kind of weird? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Like, it was, I don't know. He doesn't have to see to shoot his eye lasers. I mean, I can understand <laughs> that just because two things come out of the same hole doesn't mean that they're from the same source. But, uh, I don't know, it just seemed a little weird that, like, their eyes are all white. And then he's like, well, I'm going to make my eyes turn green. <laughs> <laughs> Even though my eye changing color button doesn't work, I don't know. It just seemed a little weird. Okay, that's all. <laughs> but yeah, so we we get them all sort of thanking Rhinox for, for what he did, and Optus makes mention that if Rhinox hadn't have gotten them as far as they had, that they wouldn't have gotten them back to the to the air chamber in time. And Rhinox says we were just lucky you arrived when you did. He said, but all in all, I'd say it was a good experience for us. <laughs> and Dino was like, good. What in the inferno was good about it? And then this is where <laughs> Rhinox makes mention of, we never really appreciated what we're capable of in Beast War, and now we know. 
Except for yesterday. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was kind of a weird thing. Like, is he saying that because he did his Zen thing? Because apparently rhinos have really good ears. I think it's because they use their senses to get through their problems. They use their, other sen- they use their yeah. heightened their heightened senses beyond sight because apparently because robots can't smell. They, they, they don't have olfactory circuits right. yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess, I, yeah, I guess that yeah, I guess that makes. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. It just seemed it seemed a little. It, maybe it was because it was the because of the episode before, where they mm-hmm. actually learned what they could do in beast mode, and then this episode it was a more. I feel like there was a different lesson, but I'm not sure what it was. Yeah, it was more of a bigger picture lesson about believing in oneself or something. Yeah, I'd say. But you gotta believe. Just a weird, just a weird line. I don't know. Yeah, but it was good yeah. episode. It was a really good episode. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I was even really? sitting there. I was thinking, like, I know somebody told me characters die in this show, and we're getting to the part of the show that I probably didn't watch as much because I didn't watch as much after the first half of the first season. Apparently, <laughs> um, like, so one of these characters could get killed, you know, and they were close to it if if uh if waspinator had decided to actually shoot one of them instead of just shooting the log then they probably <laughs> would have you know if if you get blown up and your sparks about to go out anyway like yeah that that's that's bad shape yeah they probably would have lost one pretty easy if waspinator actually hit something <laughs> aside from a rock but these were all the good characters i don't want any of them to get killed <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah, there was the episode. Maybe uh, Rat Trap. So. I don't know. Rat Trap's grown on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like often it says. They grow on you. And I mean, <laughs> I think when I was a, I think when I was a kid, my favorite was a was a toss up between. Well, it was always Cheetor was always at the top, but every now and then I'd be like, Rat Trap's pretty cool too. Yeah, he's like the snarky one. Yeah, I think yeah. Cheetor is the like they would never. You wouldn't be able to get rid of Cheetor in a show like this because they always have to have the like immature kids point of view character, and that's kind of where yeah. Cheetor is. He's the Ahsoka Tano or Ezra Bridger or Wesley Crusher. We actually get, and that's fun because we kind of actually see him like go through like growing up um, as as a Transformer too. That's it's weird. Yeah. So yeah, so he's like that. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. he's Wesley Crusher or Chekhov. <laughs> or Dick Grayson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always yeah. compare him to. Yeah, Dick, yeah, Dick, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Jordan, we had some questions, I think, this week, did we not? Yep. We got s- some questions from our f- friends on the uh, Audio Entropy. Mm-hmm. Um, first Real of all, quick. from. Yeah, Enzo from Matrix. Another character he's like. Huh? I had to throw out Enzo Matrix as another character he's like. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, Enzo episode. Matrix, yep. <laughs> yep, that's, yeah. Um, so, uh, Mike asked us, spaghetti, meatballs, or meat sauce? And I say, why not both? <laughs> You're a monster. But uh, if, I had to, if I had to choose meat sauce. Yeah, I normally toss ground I, beef in with my meat sauce, so, yeah, I'd go meat sauce. What? That is yep. wrong. That is not wrong. Why is it wrong it is to double delicious. the beef? That sounds like a great idea, and because, great, okay. it's a Nobel Prize. That's like that's like <laughs> that's like making a hamburger, and and putting it on a steak. It doesn't make sense. 
Okay, if you're you talking about guy that's kind of just use good more thing meatballs. That's better. Listen, I, I, I will point out that I'm actually not really sure which one I like better. I just know that if you put spaghetti with with any type of meat in front of me, I'll probably eat it. Oh yeah. But Ken, Kendall's meat sauce is just is just sauce of ground beef in it. So Greg's just saying he doubles the ground beef. What's wrong with that? Because it's not. Well, you never no, had a well, burger with two okay, patties. Okay. So you guys are so okay. So you guys are monsters for different reasons. <laughs> I was specifically saying. John, to you, since you are combining crappy, crappy ground beef with the excellence that is the culinary masterpiece of a meatball, because a meatball is not just a ground beef. It's not a hamburger shaped like a ball. Like it's it's a it's got the seasonings and the special things and makes it like a special thing. If you go to a restaurant, if you go to an Italian restaurant that's like a nice sauce? Italian restaurant. They're not going to have you don't you're not going to buy spaghetti and meat sauce. You're going to buy spaghetti and meatballs. I mean, that's what's going to be on the menu. Okay, Kendall, I don't have anything super fancy like that here in in Bumfuck, Canada, BC. <laughs> for one thing. Second thing, do you not season your meat sauce? Cuz like you can season like like you can make really good meat sauce that's really well seasoned that tastes great. Like I don't know, like meatballs just adds like if I choose one or the other, I choose the meat sauce because meatballs add just like just giant thing of meat, and I kind of like combining the meat with my pasta more. Like I like that more than just having like this huge thing of meat. But if I can have both, sure. But I like I like Greg's idea of just making it have more meat in the sauce because like it, yeah, it's, it's eh. not no no <laughs> no. Then you're just putting cancel. sloppy joes on your spaghetti. It's ah, oh. what's wrong with that? Like <laughs> like <laughs> there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like, like I said. Have you never had a hamburger with two patties before? What's the difference? Because hamburgers taste good. <laughs> I mean, hamburgers in that context is a if, different if you, thing. If you think meat sauce doesn't taste good, you just haven't had good meat sauce. No, I, no it's like, I mean, it's a, it's just, it's a lower thing. It's, it's like, it's, it's having a, it's having a hamburger. The meat sauce is the hamburger. The s- meatball is like, if you got like a, if you got like a steak or something, like it's a, it's just it's just a notch above. Have you never had a McGangbang? <laughs> um, I've never I've never you know what that had is? one. Um, I, uh, I don't know, but it sounds dirty. A McGangbang is dirty. when you take a double cheeseburger, you take it in half, so you got one half is a bun and burger, one half never half is a bun and burger, and you put an entire McChicken in between yeah, that yeah. and then make a complete sandwich. Yeah, and it's gross. Um, I it's I definitely made I definitely made those. It's not good for you, but it's fucking delicious. Oh no, no. I had a uh, so so, so what I did down. have is yeah. a I had a surf and turf slider at White Castle last Valentine's Day, which was a similar concept. It was a a, a White Castle slider patty with a with a piece of with a piece of White Castle chicken slider pat or a fish fish slider patty was not good. Uh, that doesn't sound good. But, I don't know uh, sound good because I don't like fish a lot. But I mean, the game is delicious. And it's it, just, I mean, and, it's like, just you know, meat is good. And you're, you're just. I think, I think in this case, you know, Ken, I'm gonna take a page out of your book, and you're objectively wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, find a fa- find me a fancy Italian restaurant that has spaghetti with meat sauce on the menu, and then I will, I will uh, admit that this fanciness is the is the premier description for quality. You know. Yes, yes, that is. It I is would it. say. It is I would it. say that it, when it comes to culinaryness, 
then uh, fancy then then fancy restaurants have have uh, objectively Comfort the best food, food is better than that. I think. Anyway, I think we've wasted <laughs> way too much time okay. on this question. So now that, that we've had that, thanks, that, Mike. One, thanks. <laughs> let's let's get to Matt's question and see if it causes as much as the discussion. Mm. You are assigned to kill Luigi from the Super Mario Brothers movie. How do you go about this? He also wants to remember to assume that environment and individuals matter when performing the hit. I.e., Mario would likely defend him and co- compli- complicate things. Also, oh, we can't kill Mario. Okay. Yes, you can't. I just want, yes, I want to say I'm sorry, to. Matt, despite the, 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 the passion and feather that I just argued with Kendall <laughs> with about meat sauce. I am not a violent person, and I would not hurt Luigi, even though he is not a very good character. Sorry. I somehow knew this was what was going to happen. <laughs> we get this huge argument about meat sauce, and then we get this, like, oh, would you kill him? It's like, eh, nah. Okay, so here's what my, here's what my tactics would be, is um, uh, we'd go on a, we'd go on a, we'd, we'd, I'd pick out a really big level, and I'd be a heavy character, um, and then I'd just try to beat him in, like, attrition. Just, just hit him hit him hit him hit him until until and just you know he can hit me but i'm you know and then uh and i would i would work on my i've been working on my uh that thing where you roll backwards and then you're invincible for a second so <laughs> is this a dark souls reference <laughs> it's a super smash brothers reference okay yeah. except for i don't know words <laughs> we are talking about the movie luigi specifically though yeah well i haven't like- seen the movie so can you imagine movie Luigi in in the Smash Brothers games though? My oh God, God, don't even give the give the amiibo for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so many people would love tossing him over the side and just watching him fall. Yeah, and I mean, like, cause, cause, like, really, canon Luigi, like, of the games, is, is a perfect boy who should never be hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, movie, I can understand Matt's. The hatred of Luigi in the movie. I yeah. I just I don't know. I just even if I don't like somebody, I just won't talk to them. Like bye. <laughs> if I'm gonna if I'm gonna participate in this, I will have it that uh, I will somehow manage to have a crate full of the clown as portrayed by John Leguizamo in the Spawn movie, <laughs> full of his toys, positioned so. Very carefully, so that when Luigi's in the proper spot, I'll do it sort of like Wily Coyote. Only it will be successful, and I'll manage to kill him with those. Well, wait. You mean the Violator is what, right? Yes. When he's yeah. not in clown form, those things are, those toys were sharp as hell. I mean, you could yeah. you could kill someone <laughs> with just one of them. Well, that's true. But why not make a punch? <laughs> um. So if I was in a, such a situation where I had no choice, because again, like. Much like John, I if 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 I didn't have to, you know, you know, kill someone or anything like that, I would just avoid them. But let's say for some reason I'm like forced to do this, uh, I probably hmm, I did not think this through yet. <laughs> um, George, you were know. supposed to be thinking because you were the well, last one. <laughs> I here's how like, here's how I would I kill think, him. I think he I think he would he's kind. Of, uh, if if the movie Luigi is pretty much likely to kill himself, if not well, if not well regulated, so I think maybe the best way would would literally to basically get Mario away from him, 
because left to his own devices, he would probably <laughs> end up killing himself. I like, I like that. Yeah. I like that one. That what I was going to say is I'll lock him in a room with Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Give Matt a wrench. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> okay, and then Zach asked us, uh, a lot of the characters in Beast Wars have extremely specific speech patterns. Regardless of actual personality, who's got your favorite mode of speech? Hmm. Like, I still think, hands down, that uh, Dinobot has some of the best, just the way he talks and and and, and says things. Yeah, I would and say sometimes between when Ed- Dinobot and Megatron. And when he and sometimes he does that snarl like thing that it, when it, when in beast mode that I find absolutely like you know like that's that's really uh, a good verbal tick. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Rat Trap. <laughs> I like Rat Trap's accent. It's cartoony enough. Yeah, but not. Um, but not. I don't know. I think uh, some of them, like some of the Predacons, like uh, uh, Tarantulas and Scorponok, are kind of distracting in their in their uh, voice performanceness. Um, which is which is. I mean, it's fine in the you know in the context, but. Taken out of context and ignoring character and all that stuff, I think I like. Uh, I think I like the balance that that Rat Trap poses because um, he's not he's more cartoonish than like than Cheetor or Rhinox or Optimus, um, and uh, and like Megatron's voice is. I don't know. Usually, I like super grandiose voices, but I was that was the exact word I was thinking of with Megatron was grandiose. It's I, like almost if you took Will Will if you took William Shatner and stuck him in into into that role. I think if I think if Megathon if Megatron's dialogue was better, like if the things that he said were better, then I'd really I could really embrace his voice. But just because he says dumb things all the time <laughs> and then says yes a bunch, uh ah. It, it takes uh, yeah, me out of it I'd a prob- little bit. I'd probably go for like Megatron in terms of like his like huge thespian grandiose appeal. But I also really like Cheetor's like nineties like Ultra Gear. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really fun. I think it's as really long as it's not that cool. growl. Uh, yeah. Well the growl was, was Tigatron, wasn't it? No no, Cheetor had the really bad growl. <laughs> Cheetor also had growl. a really bad growl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, like I mean, Dinobot, Cheetor, Tigertron, the Elk Growl. Well, I guess probably Dinobot's the best. Yeah, I'd say so. That was another thing. Uh, when I was watching Gundam Wing before watching this with my friend, uh, I was like, "You remember Duo Maxwell? Same guy doing the Waspinator and Dinobot and all that." Yep. He was like, "Of course it is." <laughs> <laughs> Did you mention that Goku is the voice of Cheetor? I forgot to do that. Ah. <laughs> and and then again, Troa Barton's voice actor voiced Goku for a while, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, and Moroku from Inuyasha, the characters. Yep. I, 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 while we were talking about that, I remembered a joke I was going to say at the end of this episode, and I totally missed it. Oh. I'm going to ask along, then I'm bring it up here, where uh, Rat Trap is like, Oh, I gotta love the big lug. I was like, I ship it. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry about ruining the narrative of the podcast there. Eh. Well, Greg can just edit that in. Yeah. 
Um, what's the next question? Did we get that one? I think we okay, did. Okay, so... Jordan didn't say it. Did you say it? No, I did. I said, uh, okay. I like Dinobots, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. Sorry. Um, so I was able to get a couple of questions from my friends, uh, from Facebook. And Jen asked if Mike, if Megatron and Optimus Prime were Pokemon, uh, or I'm guessing also Primal, uh, were Pokemon trainers, who would their primary Pokemon be and why? Hmm. <laughs> um, Primeape for, for, for Optimus, and then for uh, Megatron Tyranitar. <laughs> That's way too easy. If to it was go. season three, I would have gone with Charizard. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I was gonna say with, if it was G one for Megatron, I think he would he would get a Genosect, that that crazy insect with the cannon on its back. Does <laughs> have a lot of insect underlings? It kind of makes sense that he'd have an insect Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, or maybe a Blastoise because it's got the cannon. Oh yeah. Hmm. Kendall, do you I, have? Um, I have an answer. I just am, okay. can't remember the name of the thing. Um, I, I might remember it all I, if you explain it. If I was going to narrow it down... The pseudo-legendary from Gen 4. Oh. Um, wait, what, what, wait, what did it look like? It, I better... Uh, with, Garchomp. With Garchomp. Oh. Oh, yeah, the little... The little... Dra- the dragon... It looks kind of like a hammerhead shark. Yeah. yeah that yeah. would be Megatron's, uh, because... Uh, I can see that, yeah. I feel like I feel like he is the... Um, oh, my gosh. I almost started talking about Magic the Gathering... <laughs> um, oh no! I was gonna call him a Spike uh, character, uh, which is a magic thing that's the guy that just wants to win no matter what the mm-hmm. you know without without regard to like fun and thing you know fun or creativity. Um, and uh, and Megatron, I feel like is a, is a is a spiky character, and also um, and also like Garchomp, I sort of associate with villains um i'm not sure why not like villains in game but like villains out of game like that i that beat me in competitive battling um <laughs> and then megatron or not megatron optimus uh oh man i think primate was a really good pull for optimus and i was i was gonna say if if to narrow down the question a little bit more um, not uh, not even specific starters, but I think at the beginning of the game, uh, I think Optimus would always pick grass, and Megatron would always pick fire. Yeah. I just feel like I feel like I, I mean, fire is a little obvious, but I do think that Optimus would pick grass as like his starters. Like he would have like a. He probably also <laughs> wait until uh, Primal picked for first, and then he would be like, "I'll pick the, the type that's strong against him." Yeah. I feel like I feel like yeah. the opposite. I feel like Me- Megatron would pick the type that was weak against him, not because he wouldn't understand how types work. He just wanted to pick the bad move because he always makes bad decisions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Um, uh, I would say, uh, what does Chimchar evolve into? Inferno. Uh, yeah, Inferno. Inferno before that. That's who. I if if we're thinking that that Optimus Primal is going to choose a thing that looks like a monkey, um, I think Chimchar is what he would choose. That makes sense. Um, or, yeah, Infer- well, Infernape. He would have an Infernape. He would show he would up as an Infer- with an Infernape, actually. but then there would be a, there would be a flashback. 
Because you would never have. I feel like you wouldn't have an or like it would just start. It wouldn't start with um, Megatron getting his baby Garchomp and uh, and and Optimus getting his his uh, baby his Chimchar. It would be it would be you know the 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 show would start and they would be fully evolved. You know it would be like the equivalent of the the Elite Four type battle, and then it would be like there would be flashbacks if of the of them as old, and they would make the storyline extra complicated. <laughs> okay. Also, that just occurred to me that apparently I both that I chose were Gen Four. Huh. <laughs> so they're so they're in Gen Four. There is is it the, a memorable Gen they're Four. They're on Sinnoh. I think we've got okay. time for another couple of questions. Okay. Uh, again from Facebook, my friend Andrew asked, uh, "What Disney characters would fit most naturally in both sides lineup?" So who would Disney be best characters? for the yeah? Who would be the best Disney character for the Predacons, and who would be the best Disney yeah. character for the Maximals? Gaston from Beauty and the Beast for the Predacons. Oh. <laughs> Are we saying like core Disney, or like can we pick from Star Wars and Marvel? Um, I'm thinking <laughs> he meant core Disney, but if you okay. want to throw throw it out there, I we just I think you have to just add that in, like you know, like. Do core Disney and then like oh well maybe this from the others would work I do too. like Gaston as a choice that's a good yeah one. that sounds way too good yeah <laughs> Ursula Ooh, Ursula would have been good too very oh. kind of already an animal an animal thing too so works Cruella oh. Devel would, would love to get their pelts <laughs> I was I was thinking um I was thinking Simba would be good on the maximals because they seem to like their cats oh my God. yeah so we have a cheetah a tiger and, and then a oh oh here's here oh, it is here it is here's the pitch and scar starts off as a maximal and then joins the predacons <laughs> not a bad I, idea i would also like to see tarzan run with the maximals that'd be really cool would Ty would tarzan be riding on the back of rhinox uh <laughs> yeah of course he would. Why even ask that? Surfers in trees with rat trap. Yeah, yeah man, like, and like, like go to town on things. He'd be he'd be the best human companion for this team. It's Tarzan. Okay, okay. Here I got a deep cut for you too. Okay, so the turtle from Finding Nemo. Oh, I was thinking of that one too. His father, Mister Turtle. Yeah, because remember, Mister Turtle was my father. Is a predicon. <laughs> oh, he was he was neglectful and abusive. And uh, that's why Turtle, you know, rebelled and became like a hippie. This is a deep cut. You're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my. Because I was trying to think of a villain from Finding Nemo, and there are no villains in Finding Nemo. There's well, I, sort of the shark. Yeah, but don't they, like, make friends with the shark? The shark, the shark is, doesn't want to be a villain. He just kind of yeah, kind of yeah. has trouble fighting his instincts. Yeah. I mean, if there's anything that's... Un- that can be called an actual villain finding Nemo. It's, it's that poor girl who always is getting pet fish and they don't survive. (laughs) And I mean, and that's partially because she's just what, like six years old and doesn't know how to care for an animal or. Oh my God. Oh my God. Thinking of finding Nemo, you get rid of all of Megatron's minions and replace them all with seagulls. (laughs) 
We just have an army of transforming seagulls. <laughs> oh my. Um, so I still have a couple more questions from friends. If you, unless you have any other Disney characters you'd like to suggest for. I'm good, but yeah, I'm good. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> my friend Brian asked if an electrical transformer was exposed to the AllSpark and became a transformer, would the universe collapse due to the recur? Uh, recursion of a transformer transformer can you say that one more time if the if an electrical transformer like this not capitalized was exposed to the allspark and became a transformer capitalized with universe collapse due to the recursion of a transformer not capitalized transformer capitalized so basically like an actual electrical transformer thing becoming that you see. a transformer yes hmm. uh I think John collapsed. Uh, <laughs> this is why I, I like. Asked, I was it's a question. <laughs> this is why uh, I was asking about Kremzik and just electrical creatures and just some crazy ghoul-like gob- like gremlin thing would be would be created. I would It'd be say a really good joke. In a, yeah. in, a, in a to have the guy transform and be like, and just like be mo- immobile, sitting there doing nothing as this electric transformer. I, would, I mean, I'm like, yeah, no. sure. That's what happened. The universe would collapse. <laughs> I would say no because then if Mark the universe Walmart was... would walk up to me and be like, "I just saw a transformer." <laughs> <laughs> that happens in the preview. That's why I know yeah. that reference. See, I'm gonna say no because if the world was gonna end because of transformer-related like entropy or anything along those lines, it would have ended back when uh, the Michael Bay Transformers movie introduced the Mountain Dew Transformer and the Xbox Transformer. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it would have ended there. No, no. If it di- and you're right. If it didn't end with the blender that basically had the uh, terribly placed uh, robot bits, then, you know, it probably won't end in such a situation again. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, they're coming fast and we're answering them quick. <laughs> And I have one from from my one friend Kate, who I she asked us a while again. I forgot to, I forgot to bring it up. Um, hold on. <coughs> and she asked, "How would John Cena do in the Transformers Beast Wars Beast Wars world?" We'd do amazing because he's John Cena. <laughs> exactly. And who would he pick as his allies? John Cena has no allies. <laughs> he would be a loner. He would be a loner. Uh, I think he would like come in the rescue the the Maximals when they're on their last leg. But he doesn't like, rescue of, anybody in the wrestling of, world. It'd be out of nowhere, John Cena. <laughs> yeah, but he does in the Scooby Doo movie. Oh, there was precedent. I saw yeah. that, and I still can't understand. They used him as a surfboard. <laughs> <laughs> like that still doesn't make sense. I didn't see that scene. That's amazing. yeah. Like at, at some point, like he gets knocked out. And they're in a cave, and the cave floods, and Shaggy and Scooby literally are basically riding him through the through the cave uh, as as it's like filling with water. And that's like that's like David Hasselhoff in SpongeBob movie levels. Yeah, <laughs> ridiculousness. Okay, so John Cena would be Optimus, The Rock would be Dinobot, Steve Austin would be uh, Rat Trap, The Undertaker would be. Uh, Rhinox? Cheetor, I don't okay. know. I don't Why know who any of these people Cheetor? are. I have never watched wrestling. 
I was just naming off the names of. I thought the maybe wrestlers. you like really knew a lot about it for I a was, second. I was I was going in. I was I was trying to fake it, but I I ran out. Those are all you, the wrestlers. Good I know. effort. Good effort. <laughs> like, like in the uh, late eighties, like my brother and and mom like really liked uh, WWF because that's what it was back then, not WWE. Mm-hmm. So, like, I knew a little bit about them, but I haven't heard much about them since. And, like, the only thing I know more, like, that has gotten me any information other than listening to <laughs> listening to Molly and Ashley talk about it occasionally uh, yeah. is, <laughs> is um, uh, so on the Nintendo 3DS, there, it used to have Nintendo Video. Mm-hmm. And, like, every week oh, you yeah. could download little shorts. And they had the WWE sla- uh, uh, City Slammers. Yes, like little claymation stories, yeah. and that's the only the only way I learned like anything else about about WWE is from watching those stu- those silly little shorts where like Kane was a was a lunch lady and mm-hmm. John Cena was a mechanic. I had completely forgotten about those until now. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I I was I realized that every once in a while, like rest you know i listen to a lot of nerdy podcasts and every once in a while wrestling things will come up and i just have absolutely no context or i know there's that one guy that likes to dress like santa claus that's retired oh mick foley um and the guy that did slim jims that died macho man um uh yeah i mean i know Almost as little about professional wrestling as any other professional sport. <laughs> <laughs> and I used finally, to like wrestling a lot when I was a little when I was in junior high, but well, then I, I kind of fell out of it. Me, uh, me and my brother collected a bunch of the the old WWF like like rubber uh, large size wrestlers, and yeah. so like we, you know, we had like quite a bit. And I remember there used to be a cartoon and. There was. It was uh, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Roll Wrestling. Yeah. You see, that's a little bit before my time. I just watched. I just watched the. I thought I watched it in the era when the WCW and the WWE were in a war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, like I remember that happened, but I, 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 by that point, I wasn't really watching it regularly. Yeah. See, because like, like you were growing out of it, and I was getting into yeah. it, and then I grew out of it, and now like I, I tried, because like you said, Ashley and Molly like talk about it a lot. And like another journalist I follow, uh, Laura Kate, she was talking about wrestling and how she was enjoying it. It's like a live action anime and they like a wrestler named Oscar a lot. And I watched like one of her matches and I'm like, yeah, I mean, she's good, I guess, but I just, I can't suspend this belief anymore. Like I yeah, never like, believed it obviously, but like when they're doing the, like, and, and, and like when they do like the throws and like grapples, that looks really good and everything. But when they're punching and like stomping, it looks so goofy, and I cannot get past it. Yeah, I wish like, I could. I just recently listened to um, like one of the ones I listened to. One of the podcasts I listened to is called Ex- "Explain Yourself," and they actually did an CM episode. Punk. Okay, go on. <laughs> <laughs> actually, you know what? That reminds me. I remember seeing something about CM Punk, and and he was saying like, you know, sometime I want to. I wanted to create a character named CM Ska because there was someone holding a sign that said CM Ska in the ba- in the background of one of his fights, and and I know that the uh, Steven Universe writers when they were doing uh, Ty- the Tiger Millionaire episode just basically started writing down a bunch of uh, like wrestling names in case they needed them just to say in that, and <laughs> CM Ska was on on there. Oh man! Um, but what what I was g- gonna say is like they they talked about how like. 
you know, it's that how wrestling has actually gone through so many phases where like they're like they're pretty much at a point where they kind of know, know and try to make it rather clear that it's it's a performance at this point. Like it, yeah, it really yeah my, my friend was saying the exact same thing yesterday. Where they're they're really they're like in, they're kind of like going full into the performance thing. Yeah, like it's it's sports entertainment and and it's kind of and like if I like remember like that kind of makes sense like you know like they didn't they weren't very like obviously saying it before but that was the point of it and mm-hmm. I remember growing growing up like I think it was like late nineties that they tried to do like a uh, martial arts version of of like WWF WWE. On yeah. Saturday morning cartoons, and they I had like that. a belt, and yeah, like, and they, and that was like the whole. That was like really much, pretty much out and out. What uh, wrestling has kind of transformed into, where it was like a show, a production. Like people had characters that they were playing. They weren't. It wasn't just actual an actual sport of people just you know uh, trying to to fight each other for for a belt or anything like that. It was supposed to be entertainment and a story, mm-hmm. and. I, you know, like, I mean, like, having, you know, know that now, like, I might be able to, like, get into, you know, some wrestling things now and stuff like that, so I would probably, like, watch it, but at the moment, it's kind of like, it's more like I end up seeing more about memes and jokes about it than I've actually seen uh, normal stuff these days. (laughs) I just feel like, I just feel like if it's about storytelling, I'd rather see movies where punch people punch people and there's explosions and that's the point and there's a story and the story is the point yeah. as opposed yeah. to as opposed to watching a scripted sporting event with overweight guys clotheslining each other. I mean, well, I know that's you, an oversimplification you, and I think all but I also think they're that like there's ripped. <laughs> but I also think that there's a there's an element of even the people who are fans of it and respect the storytelling and blah, blah, blah. There's also an element of they have at least some appreciation for sports or they have nostalgia from like my friend, a good friend of mine, uh, very, he, he, uh, he, he's a very big wrestling guy because he watched it when he was a kid and then he got super into it, uh, when he was, uh, you know, at a, at a depressing point in his life and as an adult, um, and, uh, and it sort of was able to put, put, into it, same reason, same reason that I'm super into comic books, except for that comic books are like better and they're in art form and stuff. <laughs> so I was gonna say, um, for me, because I up until I think last year, I was I followed it fairly regularly. That and one of my friends from college is actually a s- semi, I want to say semi professional wrestler uh, locally here. Um, but for me, just to to say, there, there can certainly be an element of storytelling with a wrestling match. If it's a good wrestling match. If it's a bad wrestling match, then yeah. 95% of the time, you're going to have moderate to mediocre matches. And you won't be able to tell what any sort of storytelling is. But that 5%... You can have a really good back and forth tale between two guys, whether it's good versus evil or two really competitive guys, or maybe they've played up a lot of story beforehand. So there's a lot of factors that can be into it. Um, but it goes with 
pretty much all entertainment. I mean, a bad story is a bad story. And a good story could be told very poorly, and you still consider it a bad story. So, but yeah. Also, Next CM Punk writes comics now. So, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> CM Punk is a smart to... guy. He was funny on Marin. Yeah. One thing that did intrigue me about Oscar was that apparently she draws her own like artwork stuff, and it looks looks really good. Yes. Yeah. Oscar sounds like a seems like a really fucking cool person. It's just I. Yeah, I tried watching a wrestling match and like, yeah, that was cool for what it was, I guess. But I just can't. It's not for me anymore. Um, yeah, next we'll do one more question. I guess we'll end. Up yeah, I, okay. Yeah. I've got. So when before I got all these questions, thankfully from our friends and and uh, and other audio interviews. Thanks by the way. I was trying to think of a question to ask just in case, and so I was good. What I had to ask was. Uh, so we all know Megatron fancies himself a confident and conniving leader, yes? But can he see why kids like the taste of Cinnamon Toast Crunch? <laughs> I don't think he can. <laughs> he thinks he can. Mm, he has it, he has he it all figured out, yes. Uh, but it's, but if, Me- it Megatron was just because, if it was that... just because there's cinnamon s- swirls on every bite, what would the fun be in that? <laughs> Because then it would get boring. Maybe like, why would the children still like this? <laughs> I think the Tyrannosaurus hand would eat it all before you would actually get a chance to look it over, though. Probably, yeah. And then it ate the bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the hand is holding it. Um, yeah, he'd be like, he'd be like, they like it because of world domination. Because like, no. it's in, in swirls every bite, silly guy. One time I was at school, I handed in a a test to my to my math teacher, and I wrote on the side of the test in the margins. Sure, you might know a lot about math, Mister Name Taken Off, <laughs> but do you know why kids love cinnamon toast crunch? And I think he, I think he was just like, "What? What is this?" And I'm like, "You, you know the ad." Just never mind. <laughs> oh my! Well, there you go. There are our answers to your questions once again, folks. Has uh, anybody got anything they wanted to plug this week? Uh, as per usual, uh, my Tumblr is dangerchair.tumblr.com. My Twitter is johndar726, as well as my Instagram and Twitch. Not that I do anything on Twitch. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, you know, I've I've uh, plugged like Jesse Cooper's podcast quite a few times. You know, turn the page, Alphabet Flight, and that. I would like to point out that like last last week, well, I think last week for us, uh, him and my friend Lan were did a bunch of Alphabet Flight episodes, including oh, nice. like including the Blob, which oh, as nice. we all know, no nothing can move. Exactly. What happens if the juggernaut runs into the blob? Ooh. So classic, classic. Yeah. Classic. Mm. He he would you would mow him down because he's powered by this awesome magic crystal and not some lame mutant. <laughs> I, I need. There's actually a story. I, I, there's actually actual. a story written by Christos Gage. I can't remember. I can't remember which. It's an X Men story written by Christos Gage where that happens. I think it's. I want to say it's the World War Hulk X Men story, and I don't remember what happens. So. <laughs> If you're familiar at all with 8-Bit Theater, there was a uh, part of a site that was Ask Red Mage, and Red Mage would give answers to 
nerdy D&D questions or other nerdy questions. And that was literally his answer was his, like, the Syratech, whatever it's called, like, uh, Crystal would, it just makes him better. So he would just nail him. Mm. Yeah. Nothing can stop the, ju- and, the juggernaut. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll plug things. Um <laughs> So uh so my big thing is as usual my ukulele videos uh K Hallman on YouTube K H A L M A N also uh I am on Twitter at, at K Hallman K H A L M A N uh I just posted um a video of me doing uh thank you by Dido um uh ukulele uh bongo drums and melodica with my slightly uh, facelifted setup. I have a tripod now, um, oh. and uh, yeah. So, so, and I'm, do, you know, I'm hoping that the videos are going to have a little more, a little more meat to them, and a little more production value. Not too much more, but uh, <laughs> but like, you know, so I'm I'm moving moving up because you know you gotta you gotta make it so that you can keep keep doing them, um, you know, so so I don't get bogged down. But uh, but uh, yeah, this last one I'm I'm pretty proud of. Also. Uh, uh, listen to um, uh, all along the Watchtower. This most recent episode was the episode where they discovered that I tweeted them my cover of All Along the Watchtower, and then they played it at the end of the episode, and it was fun. <laughs> Which is also a member of the yeah. audio, audio Entropy Network. Audio Entropy. Yes, AudioEntropy dot com. Uh, I'm gonna plug our Twitter, of course, at Warren Beast. Uh, also our Facebook group. If you search Warren Beast Podcast on Facebook, you can certainly find us there. And if you have any general comments or if you want to email us a question, if you don't want to use Twitter or Facebook, that's perfectly okay. Uh, you can send us an email at warrenbeastpodcast at gmail.com. Um, aside from that, I mean, I've got a personal Twitter. It's Greg C-M-U-N. Uh, don't really use it that much, but hey, if anybody wants to follow me, I basically retweet the stuff that we have for the War and Beast Twitter. So. And some so audio entropy stuff. Yeah. Pretty much what I do with my, my Twitter. <laughs> exactly. Except occasionally tweet at uh, Book and Molly and yeah. and them sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and of course, always check out audioentropy.com. Uh, we've got a bunch of new episodes that are always going up. Uh, Teenagers Without a Jew just had their fourth episode or fourth bonus episode of the super mario brothers movie that was posted yesterday uh so if you guys want to check that out or if you want to check out our bonus episode that we posted on on christmas eve we have that up still so and that was us reviewing an episode of the x-men the x-men cartoon rather uh but yeah so i think that's it for this week um so as always uh for warren beast i've been greg i've been john I've been Jordan. And I've been Kendall. Uh, Let's roll, folks. We will destroy the Maximals. There were a couple of Waspinator lines in this episode that I was going to quote, but I couldn't remember what they were. (laughs) But they don't taste like apples. (laughs) 